0: Hey, this is your name. your name, your name, your name. And, uh, they say it ain't easy. Team green. Gang green, green. have their man. Jets
1: got themselves
2: a great Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no brake, a great one. We're not talking about effort on the field. Whoa. We're talking about the process at which we do things. I'm not gonna lie to you.
3: Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up! Keep your foot on the path! Base, 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 base. There's no way I'm not gonna have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this rep! Own this rep! The New York Jets! We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're gonna win next
0: Sunday.
1: Everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I'm joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the biggest jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael lagaris Everyone.
4: Yo, what's up, everybody?
1: Also joining us this week, as always, you know him, you love him, the big stinking wookie, Nicholas Kronk, is in the building. What's going on, everybody? And the fourth part of the quartet here, my cousin Sammy, the greatest high school football coach in the nation, Sammy O'Hare. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon. What's going on? All right, guys, we have Dexter coming up shortly from SNY. He's going to answer a bunch of free agent questions, maybe be able to fill in some blanks for us. Maybe give us a direction here with the Jets and which way they're going to head in free agency. Before we get into that, guys, let's chop it up. There's a few miniature Jet notes to get into. It's all about free agency right now. We know that. One of our free agents, Mike, that's out there that people have bandied about. Do you bring him back? Do you not bring him back? we talked about it when we did the offensive free agent show is one Braxton Barrios, Mike. You heard today a contract offer was sent to him. He likes the offer, but he wants to still see what's out there. Is that the latest here with Barrios? It looks like the Jets will bring him back into the fold.
4: Yeah, it sounds like his people really like or think the offer that Joe Douglas gave was fair. Um, He's going to hold that hit free agency test the waters but the feeling in the building is that he'll be back with the jets
1: when it comes to the new york jets and another free agent now he's a restricted free agent his name is mike white we know he caused all types of chaos last year in that bangle game his jerseys in the hall of fame we'll see if he comes back when it comes to the direct backup behind one zach wilson Joe Flacco was uh, serviceable last year and is a serviceable backup. We talked about him in the Offensive free agent show also. It does seem like today at least Coach Robert Salaam Mike expressed interest in bringing back Joe Flacco, bringing back Mike White. If that's the direction they go, Flacco, White, and Zach Wilson, do you think that's the best case? Do you think that's a good position to put Zach and just run it back from last year? Uh,
4: I think I was pretty vocal last time that I wanted to get a quarterback that could push Zach. I'm you know, you want to bring back Flacco and Mike White. I guess that's what Sala wants. I, I'm, not, I'm not in agreement with that. I don't think Zach played well enough for me to just give him the pass at being the starter. I would rather bring someone in that's going to uh, push him for that starting position, like you had said before, maybe a Fitzpatrick, maybe having a Trubitsky come in, but it sounds like Trubitsky's gonna be able to have a lot of different other opportunities, potentially to even become a franchise starting quarterback. So um, at this point, it looks like we're gonna be bringing back uh, one Joe Flacco and probably also have Mike White, if unless somebody puts in uh, an offer for that uh, restricted tender.
1: And the news that kind of rock the NFL world yesterday was the Russell Wilson trade now I don't know about you guys but when I saw on paper what they gave up to get Russell Wilson does seem like a hefty price tag I know the number nine overall picks the highest pick they got but it's a lot to give up to get Wilson he's 33 I still think he has something left in the tank let me go to you first Sammy when you saw that flash across the board what were you thinking Sammy when you saw that uh, trade for the Broncos who do you think came out on top
3: gave up a lot to get him. They give up players that show a lot of potential as well, like Font is no scrub. That guy can play. He's a good tight end. He can block, he can catch. So they gave up a a lot of stuff to do that. And if you're the Broncos franchise now, there's a ton of pressure. If Wilson doesn't come in and win the AFC West, at least make it pretty far in the playoffs, then people are going to start to get fired because you've given up essentially two years of, of your draft capital to win right now so I think Seattle comes out on top of that and I love that uh, Jamal Adams is part of a rebuild again which is my favorite part too so. uh,
1: I mean that's what I want to get into here guys now the official trade before we talk about Jamal Adams uh, drew Locke, Noah font Shelby Harris two firsts two seconds and a fifth all for Russell Wilson guys that's the haul right there now Russell Wilson had his first losing season last year The Seahawks seem like they're not going in a great direction here. I know Jamal Adams, when he left New York, had a lot of emotions, right, guys? Didn't want to come out and say this is all about the money even though we know that's what it was. So what did he do? He said, I'm sick of the losing. I'm sick of this situation I'm in. The rebuilding process is driving me crazy. I'm depressed. His dad's calling in shows, talking about how sad he is with the losing, with the losing, with the losing. And guess what you have coming in your future, Jamal? A whole bunch of losing. A whole bunch of losing! Because right now your quarterback's Drew Locke. Let me go to the Wookiee here before I throw to Mike. In the world of irony, which we live in, in the world of sports karma, okay, which you hope does catch some people out there sometimes, Jamal Adams, foot is in his mouth, another rebuild, put himself in a situation where he got the money Wook, but the team doesn't look like it's gonna be that great on paper. Is this when I told you so here with Jet fans and Joe Douglas, we can finally say, officially, Officially, 100%, the Jets are victorious in that trade book.
0: Oh, absolutely. This is a slam dunk. This is a poster. This is a Dikembe Matombo No, 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 no. Finger waving. Um, this is great. Like, the more that Jamal, I mean, I don't want him to physically or mentally suffer as a human being, but the more that he suffers as a pro athlete now because of the decision he made, I mean, Jet fans have to be, I mean, just jumping. They, I, they're, they're not great. through tables like the Hill people, but they got to be really excited.
1: Yeah, and just from a troll standpoint, it feels. Oh great. God! And let's be let's be real about it, guys. Jamal Adams bitched and complained about the rebuild, like I said, about the losing and all that type of stuff. And I said to Mike, "Be careful the words you choose. Be careful the words you choose in life, okay? Especially when everyone's watching and you put yourself on a pedestal for everyone to see." Because he tried to phrase this situation in New York as, "I don't want to lose anymore, man." I can't deal with this anymore. Well, we know it was about the money, so we got his money, kudos to you. Highest paid defensive player in the league right now. It's really just a two year deal if you look at what it is, but he got his money. But if you look at what the Seahawks did here, Mike, um, they go ahead and trade for Jamal Adams, okay? They get destroyed in the trade when it comes to uh, value and who we're able to get and how Jamal Adams has played. Okay, he's a 60.1 on PFF last year. Absolute garbage since he's been in there. Zero sacks last season. Two quarterback pressures last season, Mike. They get him. They get crushed in the trade. They pay Adams. Then they trade Russell Wilson out. Basically blow their whole team up in the first domino that fell, which caused that to happen. The corner they put themselves in was that Jamal Adams trade, was it not, Mike?
4: Yo, who's that dude over your right shoulder smiling? Who's that guy with those with those big blue eyes and that? This that? Guy? that? Yeah, that guy right... No, no, no. That guy right there. Yep, yep. (laughs) I think, you know, he may be arrested for murder. He killed the Seahawks, man. I mean, they're franchises. I mean, he... I mean, you're right. I mean, talk about the... They were in the worst situation. They had a bad year. They had no money. And they had no elite draft picks.
1: No assets left? They had
4: nothing. And they were kind of forced into this situation and they thought that grabbing a jamal adams a player like that would have brought them to an elite level um to where they were going to be potentially um playing for a super bowl but that wasn't the case and honestly i'd take this feather and put it in joe douglas's cap because this was murder this is devastating he 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 killed literally killed that entire era the 12-man era is dead and joe douglas was the one who took the knife
1: and you saw a lot of articles today mike about how the jets started this process here blowing up the seahawks kristen wong wrote a really good article if you guys want to google that um and i do think it's true i mean if you look at the situation they put themselves in with the jets trade get rid of a bunch of assets back yourself into a corner where you have to give money to adams they had to give him plenty of guaranteed money right so you end up this year looking at your team and saying what's the only way we can actually replenish some of the assets we lost in this jamal adams trade he's going to take up a huge chunk of salary cap so we have to keep him um or else we look foolish if we do if we don't sign him right guys and the only way to do it was to trade russell wilson the best player on your team and they let bobby wagner go today so i mean this is a team also that's apparently We'll get into this when we do our, our, our when we talk to uh, our boy Dexter shortly here. Even DK's name is being floated out there, Michael, as a potential candidate in trades. I know that has Jet fans salivating, thinking about DK Metcalf being on the Jets with Elijah Moore, with Corey Davis, bringing Barry back. That'd be tremendous. That, but the, the NFL. I will say this: it never ceases to produce stories for us because that was that was just yesterday, guys. The day before that was the Calvin Ridley news where he's suspended for the whole season for apparently while he was out. Now, we know he was out this year. He had some mental health issues, and I respect that. I know a lot of people make jokes about it. I totally understand. You're an athlete. You're a millionaire. What do you have to be said about? Guys, there's a million documentaries on TV about people that have everything, seemingly, and they still lose their minds and act like crazy people. Look at Kanye West right now, guys. So, I mean, money doesn't mean everything. And you look at Calvin Ridley, I guess apparently the bets totaled 1500 bucks last year on um, that he made. It's hard for me, I guess in this day and age, knowing the fact that the NFL just signed a contract with seven different gambling partners. BetGM, name DraftKings, you guys name it. The NFL now has a contract with every single betting house in this entire country. And at the same time, they want to suspend a guy for the entire season for making $1,500 worth of bets. Now, I don't know where you guys fall on this. I understand the quote unquote, integrity of the game angle that the nfl wants to take and why that's hard for me personally to wrap my mind around is you look at the integrity of the game and you say well look at the washington redskins and all this information that came out about them and what did the nfl say yeah nothing to see here keep it moving right guys and you look at the cowboys just settled a lawsuit 2.5 million dollars with their cheerleaders nothing to see here Patriots situation nothing to see here um kareem hunt suspended eight games elliot six games um Tyreek Kill doesn't even get suspended, breaks his kid's arm. Adrian Peterson beat his kid, beat his kid up, got child abuse charges, six-game suspension, and this guy bets on games and it's an entire season.
4: Kareem Hunt kicked the girl down, what, eight six, games. eight yeah. games or whatever. Exactly. And mean, you have
1: Greg Hardy, and you, have, yeah, you, have, you ben have Ben
4: Roethlisberger uh, with the rape charge, well, uh, uh, well, how and about, how about, Ray Rice charge, Star Wars.
1: Ray, Ray, Ray started this, how about Robert Kraft? How about Two Robert games. Kraft, guys?
3: Yeah. He's an owner. Kraft,
1: He's oh, good one, good one. He's in Florida. Yeah, Hold on, little, and,
3: and listen, Josh Gordon smoked a little bit of weed and missed six seasons. I know. That's
1: what I'm saying. I mean, you have these accusations. <laughs> of, if you look up, there's that website that keeps track of NFL arrests. Just look at this He's offseason. Still missing seasons. <laughs> He's still missing, Mike. It's crazy. And I'm just my point, guys. Is there knows? There's no consistency to me. And a lot of these things are done just like political things are done to I, be perceived a certain way when you know it's completely transparent so, and it's bullshit. that's all so I
4: do. so uh, let me i again this is a touchy subject um a lot of these every every point you guys said completely agree um but there is some consistency when it comes to punishment in the nfl and it's the same Also, when it comes to baseball, it's the same when it comes to really any business. You know, they, a lot, all the businesses, most organizations always take the high road. They always say, well, we support, you know, this, 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 because we're good people. But honestly, the moment you come after their money, that's when you're going to have a problem, okay? That's when things will get real. So Pete Rose is suspended from the Baseball Hall of Fame for life. Why? Because of betting on the game. Yeah,
1: that's okay? a different sport though. It's, it's a different, different sport. It's not comparison. It's a different Pete, Pete Rose was the manager of a team and bet on the team. Yeah. Instead no, he did not the same yeah, thing.
4: Yes, but it, what I'm saying is is that it's it affects their bottom line, their money. Because if Calvin Ridley um is caught betting and throwing games or whatever, that can affect the league and how much money they make. But he wasn't playing. No, I know he he wasn't playing. Your your
1: hypothetical is not applicable to this situation. No. I understand what you're saying if he was playing because he can affect the outcome of the game, which is what Pete Rose did. Right. Hypothetically. But but what what I'm saying 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 is they take betting very seriously
4: because it...
1: They just signed... A deal with seven of the biggest betting houses in this country. They're signed with DraftKings. They're signed with anything you could think of. The NFL is connected right. in every single way to make a profit, like you said.
4: Right. No, I absolutely. But they take betting, right? Any of their employees that break their laws when it comes to betting because it's connected to the money. So when you, like we were just talking about, Kareem Hunt kicked that girl down the stairs, whatever, and they suspend him six games. And yeah, it's a black eye to the shield because our players shouldn't be doing X, Y, Z. But the betting part is, oh, my God, did they affect our revenue stream in any way by illegally blah, 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 blah. That's why they're so serious and so hard on betting. And you look at every... Uh, um, league out there and how they deal with betting they take it real seriously because it can affect how they generate money and anytime an organization is threatened in the wallet you see them react okay and that's just it's just that's the one consistent thing that i would point out When when you're attacking the money they're gonna they're going to you're going to see them react differently
3: for me i just feel like the NFL, NFL made like $9 billion last year, right? And he bet, what, 1500 bucks, and he makes millions of dollars on his own. Even on his working contract, he's making a ton of money. So, like, if you actually, on his bets too, he was doing bets I make where it's like an eight person parlay. That's yeah. some ridiculous odds. Yeah, that you're, yeah. Like, it was nothing. Some, some it was stupid. Ridiculous. But I, I, I don't know if, I get it, like, the integrity of the game. I understand all that, but like, you can't. Impact the integrity of the game if you're not playing in the game, and I also feel like you can't say that this is more severe than people like beating up women or sexually assaulting women or Completely hitting children. Agreed. Like, and you're you're giving this guy—I mean, perfect example, right? When we talk about even let's go back in the day with like Leonard Little or Dante Stalworth, who had a hit and run yeah, kill somebody, got, yeah. and and like so, and that guy played in the NFL again, and he killed a human. So it's it's sort of like. I guess a lot of the inconsistency may not be in the punishment, but it's like, does it fit the crime? And I think in this instance, it's not. He's not betting millions of dollars. He's not ruining or questioning the integrity of the game. He's just doing something that, pretty much, again, he's what, 24, 25 years old. Yeah. That 90% of that age group population is doing because it's legal in all the
1: states now. It's just I have such a hard time. By, I'm not. I understand what Mike's getting at. Um, and I know perception-wise why there's such harsh punishments for these things. It's just when it comes to the NFL specifically, forget about all the other leagues. I don't care about baseball. I don't care about any other league. The NFL, where we have a laundry list of things. I know perception-wise gambling's bad, right? But if you're going to say, yeah, gambling's bad, but you can bet on every other sport, which players can, but you can't bet on the NFL. And also we're going to, as a league we're going to get billion dollar contracts from these betting houses, right? And benefit from it and and reap the benefits of that. But at the same time, if someone bets 1500 bucks, you miss a season. I mean, there's no, that's not Mike. If you think there's consistency with NFL suspensions or punishments, you'd be in the minority in that, if that's your take or a stance you're taking. I, if you're saying big picture, when it comes to sports, betting punishments with leagues, a leagues have been harsh. If that's what you're saying, fine. When it comes to the NFL, if you're talking about money and image and things, if you go through the accusations that the Washington Redskins had been made public, it's mind boggling.
4: And I'm not disagreeing with any of your points as far, because it's ridiculous in my opinion to be doing that. But like I, like I told you guys, you knew, I used to work on the oil rig. When I lurked on the oil rig at Transocean, safety was such a huge topic out there. And if you got caught doing anything wrong in violating safety, They literally fired you on the spot. I mean, it was crazy. And you could do a bunch of other stuff that wasn't even near. But the safety topic was such a topic for offshore. And what I'm trying to say is betting, the, the, the topic of betting, the NFL has targeted that. And they are very serious about it. And if you violate that, they treat it differently, at least what I have seen across the board. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying they do. And it's they, they also
3: they also might treat college uh the betting thing like we've seen college football players getting paid too now. Like in yes. twenty years you may look back and be like, hey look, like this guy like Reggie Bush still doesn't have his Heisman, right? But nowadays it's okay to take money. So we may look at it differently in ten years, who knows, right?
1: Yeah. I know, it just seems like uh the guy's getting uh it seems like it's a little harsh punishment. I know that the crimes, uh the moral crimes that we all see someone beating up a woman, someone being accused of rape, someone, you know, committing, you know, Henry Ruggs, the, what he did, he's in jail. Those are the things that are, move you emotionally to be like, wow, this is unbelievable. Gambling doesn't do that to the layman, to the regular people like me and everyone else listening to the show, but it does do that to the owners. And I guess in the commissioner, because what they're worried about, like Mike said, is their bottom line.
4: Hey, the situation, uh... Ain't that got heavy on me.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We got a treat for you this week as we prepare for the free agent bonanza next week. We got someone to help us make sense of everything going on with these free agents with the Jets. A rising star here in the New York media scene. He works for the New York Post. He works for SNY. He's a podcaster. He has a web series. Recently promoted to the weekend sports anchor here at SNY. Congrats to you and welcome, Dexter I Henry. Did-
2: thank you man thank you keith uh guys it's good to be with you um you guys talk a lot of great sports so i'm always excited to do that glad, awesome, glad to be with you guys yeah
1: congrats on uh, again on the career trajectory here um the anchor thank position you. is a tremendous mission you definitely deserve it man you do great work there getting into the jets here if you don't yeah. mind we'll, we'll do it in a minute but the topic in the nfl right now on everyone's lips in nfl circles in all circles mm-hmm. of sports is russell wilson when you saw that come across the ticker yesterday russell wilson gets dealt you saw everything that they gave up um, to get him, the Broncos. Your initial thoughts about who won the trade, I know you can't say until it plays out, but what did right. you think? Do you think they gave up too much to get him and that Russell Wilson doesn't have anything left in the tank, which some people say? Or do you think yeah. the opposite, where this guy is still a baller and you give up whatever you can get to get someone like him?
2: Oh, I think if you're the Broncos and you're trying to compete in that AFC West, you know, you, you had to give up what it took to get him, you know, you know what I mean? Right now, they've been kind of languishing the last couple of years. They really haven't had a quarterback. You know, if you really look at it since, since Peyton Manning left and he didn't look great at the end of his time there. So, you know, I think they had to do it. Was I shocked at how about how much? Yeah, maybe maybe a pick more than I thought they would have needed to have given up for him. But this is a move you got to make. You're in a division with, you know, Patrick Mahomes. You got you got Derek Carr, you have got uh, Justin Herbert there in in uh, Los Angeles. It's a tough division, so you need strong quarterback play. And I think if you want to compete, um, this is what you this is what you had to do. Now, my thing, you know, the first thing my thought was, Keith, was like, oh, is is Russell gonna like it there in Denver? Is Sierra gonna want to live in Denver? Is, is it, I, I was wondering about that. But um, nah, man, it, I, I think it was a good move for them. It was shocking. I think especially. You know, for, well, yesterday we had the news, right? We had Aaron Rodgers. Then Russ comes. Mike hit me up and is like, man, this is crazy today. Yeah, it's, it was just crazy. I was stunned by it. But I think it's a good move for the Broncos. Absolutely. Yeah, my yeah. first
1: thought was how long before Jamal Adams starts tweeting that he wants to get out of there. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
2: Considering yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, consider, considering everything that's going on with, with, uh, with the Seahawks too, right? It's like end of an era. We see they release Bobby Wagner. Yep. You know, Jamal Adams probably is like, man, I got no QB here. They're rebuilding. Get me out of here. Yeah,
1: Yeah, We talked about it a moment ago. He did say he was emotionally drained and hurt and depressed, Mm. and the losing was bothering him, and he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. And look what happens a couple years ago. He got his money, but, you know, look what happens. I'm sorry, Mike. I know
4: you're going to say something. No, I, I was just going to say, I think it's uh, refreshing to see a team be aggressive and try to go ahead and win. The Broncos did this last time with Peyton Manning, and look, it got to two Super Bowls and won one. So good for them. I think that they are going to be contenders now. We'll see what happens with Russell Wilson out there. But uh last couple of weeks, we've been covering free agents, offensive defensive free agents you know um, and now that we have some clarity around the franchise tag big day we'll be getting into all of that but if Dexter if you were the new york jets general manager if you were mr joe douglas yeah what would you, what would direction would you take the new york jets just looking at the roster and seeing the, the team as it is today now we're now
2: we're not just talking mike we're not just talking free agency we're also talking the draft too right we looking at looking at that too yeah yeah what, what? okay yeah so the first thing is, I I heard Robert Salasa, I believe it was last week he said it, where he talked about, you know, the fact that how he was going to get Zach Wilson better was going to be to improve the defense. And I actually do agree with him on that. You can't you can't get into shootouts. You can't put so much pressure on your young quarterback. So what can they, first thing for me is, what can they do at the top of the draft? They've got, what, four pick Was it four picks in the top 38 they've got? Yep. Coming into this year's draft? Mm-hmm. So four picks in the top 38. I think you got to do a couple of things. One, you got to protect the quarterbacks. Can you get yourself a stud line in there? Go do that. Can you also get yourself an impact defensive player? Particularly the Jets need an edge rusher, right? They haven't drafted one in quite some time. I remember the last edge rusher they Are we talking Vernon Golston maybe? And that's not going to make any Yeah, that's not going <laughs> to make anybody happy. I'm sorry oh guys. I, I, I didn't mean to bring up Vernon that's Golston. That's probably true though. Yeah, I'm just thinking of the last time they actually drafted one. Um, so it's been a while. So those would be two of my areas of need. Now, I think a lot of fans, Mike, and, and guys, they're, they're going to look at, well, they need playmakers. They need playmakers around Z- uh, Zach Wilson. And yes, that is true. But if he doesn't have, if he's not protected, if the defense is constantly on the field too, you know, they can't force turnovers, which is something I think that could help the team next year. I think that's good. So my, my two areas of need would be protecting the quarterback, sharing up that offensive line, getting some impact defensive players. And then in free agency, can you pick, and I know you guys want to get to it later, so I'll I'll mention some other names, but can you maybe get a playmaker or two that's on a cheap? Because this isn't a great free agent market for playmakers, but if you can find you know one or two on some really good deals and I think there's some names you can look at then I would say maybe that's how I'd go but you know I'm not Joe Douglas I don't get paid the big bucks so yeah. <laughs> all right
1: so let me let me ask you that you're not Joe Douglas but I yeah. like everything you just said <laughs> everything you just said was clear and made complete sense to all Jet fans listening right now we okay. haven't had an edge rusher in forever we did sign Carl Lawson last year Yep. And then obviously he got hurt. So Kim coming back this year makes me think maybe they won't go out and make a big splash, like you said. At the end, maybe you get someone further down the list here that won't cost as much. But let me ask you when it comes to Joe Douglas and the Jets, what do you do you hear have you heard anything about what their approach is gonna be? Or maybe do you have any thoughts on what you think the Jets are going to do? Mm-hmm. I know what I know what you think they should do, but Joe Douglas has been, you know, a little conservative in the past couple of years when it comes to free. I know he made a little bit of a splash last year with Corey Davis, but what do you see the Jets doing? free agency comes next week
2: what i've heard from people is don't expect the big splash right like that's not that's not coming and it's funny because i actually think that might disappoint some jets fans hearing this but i actually think that that's kind of the right move based on the free agent crop this year i think what's more important is making sure they hit right in the draft right guys do they get the right picks you got it for like i said four in the top 38 you've got to nail that i think that's actually more more important so I don't expect them to go for the big home run. Um, I don't think they're going to look to trade for a quarterback. Sounds like they're all in from what I hear on Zach Wilson. So, you know, people have brought up Deshaun Watson. You're going to hear that. You're going to hear that talk as things goes, goes on. And he's got his own legal issues, but I I think they're going to play it. Conservative might not be the right word. Even in this too, I think they're going to look at that. They're looking at the market. They're assessing it and saying, okay. There's not really a big fish that we can go after here. We're not ready in this process of the rebuild. And look, I know Jets fans don't want to hear that because it feels like they've been rebuilding forever. I get (laughs) it. I get it. But um, I actually think patience in this year with the Jets, if they believe in their quarterback and their head coach, I actually feel like this is the right move in how they're going.
4: Yeah, I I could see your opinion on that. I mean, there's not really a lot of major home runs. I mean, you could look at a guy like J.C. Jackson who hit the free. Mm -hmm. He's the number one, you know, cornerback that's going to be a free agent coming up. You get him, that's a home run. But I heard the Jets really aren't interested in a guy like him, you know, looking at the front. But that's the thing in free agency. A lot of the great players, they get tagged. I mean, you look at the list now. Jesse Bates, David Njoku, Devontae Adams, right? Orlando Brown, Giseki, Schultz, all the, mostly all the tight ends got got, gobbled up you know based on who was able to hit uh the market and who got tagged were there any major surprises on who was franchise tagged or who wasn't
2: not really to be honest everybody who I thought would get franchise tagged got franchise tagged. all the names you mentioned Mike and it's funny you know before before I decided to talk to you guys I had to looked through like the free agency list and I was like okay like is there anybody I missed that I thought the Jets or some other team might have snagged. And I mean, some people might mention like, yeah, I'm not, not a, t- a guy who gets tagged or maybe hasn't been signed yet. Gronkowski's still up there. You know, people are going to be looking for a tight end, even though he's 33, he's older. Maybe some team that's trying to, you know, add one more piece to their offense. I think maybe he's an Amy surprise that didn't get signed. In terms of the tag though, Mike, no, not really. I, I'm not shocked that anybody who hasn't been tagged yet? To be honest, I think all the names we thought would go off in the first 40, forty-eight hours, excuse me, uh, went off. You know, once Adams went off, it was kind of like a spiral effect uh, after that. And you know, once once we knew Rogers got got his bag and was going to come back to the the Packers, he kind of knew that that's how it was going to be. So, you know, yeah, I'm not really shocked at the uh, who's left on on the free agency list right now after all the franchise tags.
1: So, Dexter, when it comes to the offensive side of the ball and the skill positions now, Elijah Moore flashed last year and looks like he could be a really good player in the league. Corey Davis is serviceable. You know, I I think he's a pretty decent receiver, like more of an average receiver to me. It's arguable, I guess, to some people. Barrios, they're rumored about bringing him back, maybe not bringing him back. And like you said, you don't see them maybe going out and signing one of these free agents. I know they would have to trade for Cooper, maybe trade for Michael Thomas. So those aren't free agents, but those would be big contracts they'd be taking on. Or maybe not at that spot yet. Do you think when it comes to the wide receiver core, the Jets are more likely to roll with Moore again, roll with Davis again, and maybe try to grab somebody in the draft.
2: I think I think that's likely, although I would if I was a Jets fan, I don't know how you guys feel, so I'd be intrigued to hear. When I when I heard you we've heard all heard the rumors about Cooper likely getting released by the Cowboys. I mean, if I'm the Jets at his age right now, I'd look at adding him. You know, you plug him in right there. He's a number one. He automatically makes the offense better. He gives Wilson a good target to throw to. I would go for. See now, I should have mentioned that. What I would do if I was the GM, I would go for somebody like him because I think he helps you right now change that offense a, a bit dynamic. He's a little older, but he's still young enough in his prime where he can where he can do a lot. But since we talked about being a little bit conservative with the Jets, right, guys, I I could see them. I'm going to throw some names out to you guys to think what you think about this. What do you think about Juju Smith-Schuster from the Steelers? 25, hasn't really proven a lot, thought he was a number one, not really a number one, you know, was behind Deontay Johnson. Um, He might be looking to sort of resurrect his career. You might be able to get him on the cheap, per se. Um, I think that's a name the Jets could kind of look at and, you know, look at guys who maybe want to come in and try to establish themselves while also still drafting a guy. And he's, it's a down market for wide receivers. So, you know, you talked about Having to probably trade for someone like a Cooper or or that, it's a really down market for wide receivers. But I think if you look at like a Juju Smith Schuster, it's not a bad place to go. I um, mean, he's got something to prove. I might I might like taking a, a flyer on him.
3: So yeah, so, so yeah. Derek, talking about like being conservative and stuff. But let's say you're not. Let's say Joe Douglas, like he came out this week with Sala and said, you know, mm-hmm. I'm ready to make a splash. It's my third year as the GM. It's time to really put that high gear in. And then you hear right after rumors of DK. Metcalf yeah. coming, <laughs> right? Yeah. So how do you think a guy like that fits in? Do you think he fits into that offense and what they're trying to run? Do you think he's that kind of game changer, maybe like the Jamar Chase to the Bengals, that maybe can make the difference for a guy like Zach, especially young in his career like he is? Oh, there's no doubt he could
2: make a difference, right? It, it's you know, Sam, it's kind of it's kind of what, what they go after him? Do I think he could fit? Absolutely. I I do. Um, will they go get him? I, I, I don't know, right? It's it, and, and this this is what I think. Jets fans, it's what's tough for Jets fans this offseason is where are they? Are they going to be aggressive? Is there a guy they target now? If they went now, Sam Party, I think the question too is, if they went and targeted a guy like that, is that the right move for the franchise right now? Right, I, I think he does fit into that mold, too, right? Like, y- young enough, impact enough can change the culture of that offense. There hasn't been... I'm really now I'm thinking about it. I went back to Werner Golston and made everybody depressed, right? But, like, I'm thinking about the dynamic player on offense that they've had that's really excited the fans, you know? And I we haven't seen that in a while. So, for me, me personally... I think that's a move. I do think they need some more dynamic playmaking on offense, whether it's, you know, whether it's the running back position, whether it's tight end, whether it's a wide receiver, somebody from those skills positions that can do something like that. It's, it's been needed for the for gang green for quite well, some time.
0: Well, well, I'll tell you
4: this on Twitter, they had a poll up there with Amari Cooper and DK Metcalf and it was literally like 87 to 13 uh, DK Metcalf over for DK, Amari Cooper. Yeah, really? yeah, with all the Jeff fans, there was like wow. over 3,000 votes in there. I could under, I could definitely understand Understand that I don't think they're going to get DK Metcalf. I don't think the Seahawks are ever going to trade the New York Jets again after what happened with Jamal Adams. Okay, they're not. they, They already they already got crushed. Okay, so you know, as far as your comment about Juju smith suster for the right price you know i'm all about bringing in skills uh skill sets right guys that can play i don't think he's the number one but could he be added to the room absolutely so uh, i would be okay with that and amari cooper keith can tell you uh nick and sammy can tell you that was my number one uh look at wide receiver to me because i thought he would fit in perfectly as a number one yes he there's questions about you know his uh, ability to execute or not execute but his willingness to right there's questions on the raiders there's questions on the Cowboys does he have the the hoof spot to go out there and play every day but you know I'm, I'm, I would be good with bringing in Amari Cooper but let me get to your question around the tight ends you know tight end we've, yeah. the Jets the Jets have been I mean you know you know, I mean, with <laughs> Dustin Keller, I mean, who, who what, what what have we had, right? Now looking at, now it really stinks because I wanted Schultz bad and I yeah. thought the Cowboys weren't going to be able to sign him, but they ended up letting Cooper go. So that's why we have that option potentially. And they went and franchised Schultz, unfortunately, right? And tight end is, is definitely a position where if you have a good one, it is great for a young quarterback. Being that said, we have Rob Gronkowski. We have Gerald Everett. We've got CJ Husama, and Zach Ertz, and Engram, and Max Williams, so on and so forth. Given what is out there from a free agent perspective, is there anyone that you w- would look to target to maybe help a uh, uh, one Zach Wilson? So I looked at this, Mike,
2: and I looked through all the names you mentioned, right? Don't think, uh, let's just keep, uh, I don't think Gronk's coming here. That's not happening. He's he's, he's, he's 30, what's Gronk? 33? I got that right. I think he's 33? Yeah. So he's at this point in his career, I don't think he's coming here. Um, Now, after that, do any of those names excite us? Nah. (laughs) None of those names are really going to excite you, I think. Now, who do I think is gettable for the Jets? Okay. I think, I actually think Evan Engram is gettable, right? Now, he is not. Been, yeah. Yes, that's my guy right there. Okay. That's, that's what I've guy. been saying. That's what I've been saying. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So and here, and here's the thing. I don't think, I don't think that would be a bad signing, right? It's also a value signing, a guy who struggled in the Giants offense the last couple of years, right? Cause they, they've been terrible in terms of protecting the quarterback and getting anything going offensively. But we saw early in his career Detroit, what he could do. So he's got to, he's got some talent. And so, Get him into, get him with jet, get him with the Jets. The Jets often started to look better a little to the, towards the end of the season last year. We saw Wilson starting to play better. He's got something to prove. These are the kind of guys I'm saying I think the Jets should go after. Guys who have a little something to prove. Ingram does, trying to bounce back. Juju Smith-Schuster, like I mentioned, although I'm with you, Mike, I don't think he's a number one, right? I want to be clear about that. I don't think he's a number one, but I think he's a guy you bring in that receiver's room, like you said, that can lift up the... The floor, the ceiling of yep. the, of those yep. guys there, right? Like I do yep. think that's possible. I think Engram's kind of that too, right? He's got an, he's got enough reps. He's played around the league. He struggled in the offense. He's got something to prove. We've we've seen some playmaking ability from him when he was with
1: the Lions give him a shot. I'm not bad. Keith, you seem high on him. I, no, I'm I like not... Ingram a lot. I, yeah. I think it's a situation where he's already shown you he can play at an elite level for a tight end. I think he has 700 and some yards as a rookie, and then his career has regressed the last couple seasons as Daniel Jones and the Giants offense has regressed. He's gone down the tube with them, and I kind of think he's a byproduct of that. Now, I know Wookiee's not the biggest fan. I know Evan Ingram had plenty of drops there on the Giants, hook, but when you set the bar where the Jets' tight end bar is right now, I mean, Griffin last year led us, and he had 250 yards. I mean, we haven't had, like Mike said, it was Dustin Keller's the last actual weapon we had. And that was 2008 when we drafted him. That's a long time It's been a long time, and uh, Safarian Jenkins had, like, a few good games for us. Kellen Winslow had a few good games for us. It's been a long time. I I like Ingram a lot. He's he's still young, too. And I won't harp on this when we go back to wide receivers, but you mentioned Juju Smith. Guys like Juju Smith or Christian Kirk or um, Gallup from the Cowboys, the reason those... Those guys aren't number ones, right? But if you do sign them to our squad, you look at what happened last year when Elijah Moore went down and Corey Davis went down. Mm-hmm. And and you look at what Zach Wilson had to throw the ball to. And it was, you know, Jeff Smith out there and Barrios out there. And, you know, they struggled. And Crowder came back, but... You can't have it. You can't have too many good wide receivers. So when it comes to the finances, if it makes sense to bring Ingram in, or makes sense to bring Juju in, or any of those guys, you don't break the bank. I think an Allen Robinson would be someone you could actually. He's a number one to me. He's legit number one. Will the Jets go out and make a splash to get him? I know you don't think they will, Dexter. I don't really think they will either. I don't think that's the direction they're going in.
2: Yeah, I don't, Allen Robinson, I think, might be a no. Because Allen Robinson's what, 29? I think he's 29, 30. He's kind of getting up right there. I think they might want to go a little bit younger, which I do think makes sense. Um, Allen Robinson also has had, he's been hurt a lot the last couple of years um, and had a down year down here uh there so yeah i don't think that's the route they go but again is he a guy that he's been a number one before and a solid one is he a guy that comes in the room and commands respect and wilson's gonna like and could be a good target yeah sure i don't think if they went and got Allen robinson i don't think it's a horrible move um i don't think they will i don't really have any super inside knowledge on that i don't think they will but i don't think it's a horrible i think it's tough
1: it's tough to judge um and i'm not gonna get on my Allen robinson soapbox but it's tough to judge his season last year because fields was just absolutely atrocious throwing the football so when you're a receiver at his elite level and you're getting two targets a game because the the guy doesn't know that they put you in a tough spot and you go into and you go into free agency off that like you said and you you don't look good it's not a good spot to be in going into free agency coming off the worst year of your career
4: yeah Well, Dexter, let me ask you this. A guy like Allen Robinson or Amari Cooper or any of these maybe high priced uh, uh, values that we may need uh, uh, giving a weapon to Zach Wilson. You know, as a general manager, uh, Joe Douglas, you know, do you think that his money should be allocated in getting uh, Zach Wilson a weapon or should he look more at investing into? A position that you brought up the offensive line now the offensive line for the new york jacks actually ranked 11th according to pff which was very surprising Brace. even given even given the injury to makai becton in week one but george fan what, what was this about george fan only 18 pressures all season which was third least in the nfl that's pretty incredible. And I'm feeling pretty good about George Fant at the left tackle. Makai comes back. We play right. AVT, yep. all rookie guard. I mean, and he was one of the pieces we got back from Jamal Adams. But, Thank you, Jamal. I've lost that you Would you add, would you put money into like a Brandon Scherf or the, what is that, that center from Tampa Bay, Ryan Jensen, you know, pay that, Pay throw the bag at that? Or would you throw the bag more around getting Zach another elite weapon? What do you think?
2: Yeah, that's a good question because I, I I actually saw those numbers too on the Jets' offensive line and I was shocked, Mike. You know, I thought they were middle of the pack. I didn't realize they were like a little bit higher than that in terms of being better in terms of protecting the quarterback. My thing with this is I'm always like, man, you can never not have enough depth or strength on the line. You know, when you have a good line and that still gives you the ability to run the ball and have the pass protection, I think that's really good. I would... I would save them. If it was me, I'd try to add depth to the offensive line through the draft, and I would put, use the money, give the bag, as you said, Mike. I would do that with trying to get some skill players in here. That's how I'd play. That's how i played it if I was the Jets this offseason, only because of what I was saying in that I think there's some value, guys, that you could find with some upside here in this year's free agency that you won't have to sign to – super long-term deals you won't have to give a lot of guaranteed money to and it could just still because what you're trying to do I, I guess it's all about what you think is a jet fan right now i think they're in this space where they're developing their quarterback and they're trying to re, re, reshape and build the culture of the team which the jets haven't had consistency with for quite some time as you guys all know right That's you all true. know this and so i think the best way you build culture is bringing in young guys at certain position Getting in veterans not too old, but you know, but not too old on the other side of the hill, but enough that they can come in and compete right now and play. And I think you can really build a culture with those kind of guys. So I would spend the money, Mike, on some skill players if I could and try to beef up the offensive line and defense through the draft. That's how I would play it.
1: All right, before we finish up here on the offensive side of the ball, we know the backup quarterback situation for Zach Wilson got.
3: Very yeah. interesting.
1: Very interesting last year with Mike White and Joe Flacco and Johnson came in and played great. Then Zach came back and didn't play well and everyone was like saying, hey, look how the backups played. and You didn't play great. A lot of drama behind him last year. Now, there was no real threat of any of those guys replacing him. And I know a lot of times when you hear with these young QBs, Dexter, coaches, at least the old way of doing things, the old school way was coaches like to have a guy maybe behind this highly drafted rookie that can push him and maybe even take his spot if he doesn't play well enough. So when it comes to the backup spot here, now I heard some rumors that Flacco might be coming back. That might be true, it might not be. What direction makes sense to you? Do you think going out and having a solid vet behind him, like a Flacco or a Dalton, or bringing a Fitzpatrick back in here, do you think that makes the most sense for what they're trying to do here with Zach? Or do you would you like them to kind of pivot and bring in, I don't know, maybe a Mariota or a Trubitsky, someone that if Zach doesn't ball out, the other guy's young enough to come in and still be the backup and maybe play also the rest
2: of the season. Yeah, don't bring, don't bring Fitzmagic back. We don't need that again. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need that again. You're over it? You're over the Fitzmagic? <laughs> oh, I've been, I've been over Fitzmagic, man. Um, So, no, one, that's a really good question. So, for me, it comes down to this. Where you are with Zach Wilson, he doesn't need to be looking over shoulder. You know what I mean? Like thinking, yeah. oh, somebody's going to take my job. Also, you don't want him to be so comfortable that he thinks nobody's going to ever take his job, right? Yeah. So I think at this point, a guy like a Flacco is the best move. You got a vet that's, co- that's coming in. He understands where he is in his career. You know, he's not trying to get back to Super Bowl glory. He, if he accepts that, he's there to mentor, mentor this kid, see how he comes along. I think that's the ideal situation. Um, you bring in Trubisky, who clearly is trying to resurrect his career, and there's a lot of rumors about him being linked to the Giants. Um, I even did some videos on that the other day with SNY, and I've talked to some people around the Giants. Instead of saying, "Yeah, this is this is where they think he'll go," you know, that's fine. But let's say you bring in—I'm even going to throw another name out here. You bring in a—I haven't heard his name linked to the Jets in any way, but let's say you, so the Cam Newton talk started coming in. Oh, I love Cam, even though he has been great the last couple of years. But he would yeah. be—he would be an absolute distraction. You know what I'm saying? Like he, oh yeah, every, everybody's going to be like, "Oh well, when's the former MVP is going to start?" And if you really believe in this kid, that's not what you can have. So I think get get him a a vet that's done well, like a Flacco's won a Super Bowl, has played in big time playoff games, played in games when they count in December and can be there to mentor him. If he gets injured, you know, Flacco comes in, he can hold it down for four or five weeks. We don't really need to see more than that. But if that happens, then, you know, you feel okay and comfortable about it and it still allows him to develop, I think, in the way you would want to
1: see him develop. All right. Well, that makes sense. And also last year, Zach had some comments in the media where he was saying how he wasn't confident, things that you don't hear players say publicly out loud, especially in New York. Yeah. It, makes, it makes you think maybe the best situation isn't to have someone behind him where he has to look over his shoulder, so that logically makes a lot of sense to me. Now, flipping over to the defensive side of the ball here, um, we should have a healthy Carl Lawson back next year in the mix, which is a huge a huge uh, help for the pass rush, obviously. C.J. Mosley was the MVP of the team. Quentin Williams, we know, is a difference maker, even though he maybe had a bit of a down year last year. Um, I think Bryce Hall's a real bad player in the NFL here. I think he's a legit corner, but Dexter, they still were the worst defense in the league last year. And they were historically bad by Jets terms, and we've had plenty of bad defenses. So I want to throw this out to you, Dexter. The Jets, the next year, the salary cap in the NFL, $208 million. As of right now, this conversation we're having, the Jets have $6 million invested in the cornerback position over the six guys they drafted the last two years. That's 2% of the salary cap. Knowing that that position normally does garner a giant chunk of most good teams' salary cap. I know yep. we're talking about hypotheticals, maybe not throwing money out. If they do, I know Sammy asked you, do you think maybe they go after DK? You didn't think that was maybe the realistic spot they're going to go. If they do throw money at someone in this offseason, does it not make sense for it to be in the secondary? At a Gilmore? Or I know JC Jackson's probably a pipe dream. He wants $20 million. But there's, I mean, Marcus Williams from the Saints. Saints, that's considering May is considering we're letting. I mean, Mike wants him. I want him. I know he's probably one of the best safeties in the league. I mean, I know there's a lot of names we could bandy about here. But say they do throw a big amount of money at a player, um, just considering the salary cap implications, everything like that. Do you think it's going to be in the secondary?
2: It it's an area they should be looking at, right? Like, and, and here's the thing. When I even talked about playmakers, and I, I was answering Mike's question, should be on the defensive side of the ball too, right? Like, not just not just the offensive side, not just the skill position players. Um, I do think Marcus Williams from the Saints would be a fantastic target for them to get. I do actually think he's gettable. I think that's a guy they can definitely talk to. I don't know what what he's going to cost per. Um, you know, after that, there's uh what's, uh, what's the guy in the Chiefs? Trevarius Ward. Uh, he, he played He played decently for the Chiefs. And I know that's not, he's not coming from a really good defense. But the Chiefs defense got better towards the end of the year as they switched some things up. He held his own a lot. Um, under Spagnola, so I, I, that's a guy I can see them looking at. But they, listen, Keith, you're right. Two percent of the salary cap is invested <laughs> in the cornerback position right now. So here's the other thing: if you're not if you're not rushing the opposing quarterback, right? You're not putting pressure because the Jets still need a, a good edge rusher. We talked about that, right? Vernon Golston, all, the, all those bad memories. Talked <laughs> about that. They still they still need that. If you're not doing that, now you're putting a lot of pressure on these CDS. Because they got to cover, especially if the other team's got a decent offensive line. And, you know, after at time, you guys watch football long enough, you're going to get burnt. It's going to happen. And so uh, if you can get one elite top 10 to 12 corner in the league, you know, that can come in and, and really help that defense, that changes the game for you. Even as you try to either develop or find that edge rusher that can also help you get pressure. But if you got a guy, you know, that can cover, I mean, we know this is, we know this from watching the Jets. Look at what the Jets had years ago with my guy from the University of Pittsburgh, uh, Darrell Reeves, right? You know what we had when he could shut down one side of the field. Not saying there's anybody out there that's like Darrell. I don't want Darrell to, don't, Darrell to be mad at me. But <laughs> no, nobody's like the great Darrell Reeves. But if you get somebody as competent, they need some competency in yeah. the secondary, especially yeah. at the corner position, listen, this is an area, to answer your question,
4: and just to sum it up, Yes, I absolutely would throw I, money at the cornerback position. I, I think tonight. it's two players away from from where I think it needs to be, and mm-hmm. uh, I think Marcus Williams would be absolutely tremendous. And then you just at number ten, you draft Sauce. That to me, those I'm for, two, I'm for that. Those I'm for two that. to me get the secondary right. Am I, um, Sammy? You 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 agree with that, right? We were talking about that last last. Uh, yeah, pop.
3: absolutely. I mean, like you said, not only just someone who's Good at corner, but you need someone who's consistent at corner and who's been there and played that position and understands that position. And week in and week out, gives you some semblance of I know he's going to give up maybe 50 yards a game, but he's going to lock this guy down for the majority of the time, and that gives you as a defense so much freedom to execute what you want to do in terms of your X's and O's and blitz patches and things like that.
0: All oh, the Giants draft sauce. How about that, Mike? <laughs> so, so Wookie, let me ask you. Let me ask you real quick. <laughs>
4: With yep. uh, talking about defense, the defensive line, you know, um, we need another password. Like like Dexter said, Vernon yep. Golston, right? Yeah, L- I mean, we. Right. I mean, you know, Carl Lawson. We mentioned before he's going to come back after injury and everything like that. Do you see any of these uh, these these free agents at uh, Von Von Miller, Chandler Jones, Jadavion Clowney, or should we, like Dexter said before, target the draft? for defense, especially knowing that we got the fourth pick, we might land like a Thibodeau or a Hutchinson. What, what do you think about these free agents at Edge?
0: Well, I think it's it, it goes back to what a lot of everybody was saying uh, tonight, depending on what you think the game plan is going into this year and for the next couple of years. Are you guys, are the Jets comfortable drafting a Thibodeau or the best rusher available at four, whoever that may be? Or can you get one of these other guys that are kind of still young Uh, Relatively for you know for that position Uh, as long as it's not going to cost a ton of money um, It just depends on where you want to put your money and where you want to make a move and what you want to do in the draft Uh, I think a lot of those names would help out, but I think there's a lot of players this year coming out uh, That won't need a lot of time to develop tremendously Um, and I think they'd be able to take especially edge rushers um, I think you you could probably get a couple good ones with one of your first couple picks if need be as well. So it all depends on what the uh, the green brass uh, want to do.
1: Yeah, and that good edge rusher edge rusher is gonna unlock. Quinnon Williams to be able, he's not going to be able to get double-teamed every single play, right. every single snap the entire season. Jonathan Franklin Myers last year had six sacks, and he was a good D-end, but imagine Carl Lawson was playing, and we had a Melvin Ingram on the other side, or a Thibodeau. So, um, I don't think you can ever have too many of those guys, uh, to be honest with you. Get as many pass rushers as humanly possible, and I'm probably going to put yourself in a good spot, and I know we're talking—we're not talking about the NFL draft, but I, want- I know you're a Pittsburgh alum here.
0: Yes. Um,
1: so many, I don't know if people understand how many good players have come out of this school. Now, my dad's been telling me my whole life. I know Dan Marino, Tony Dorsett. I mean, my Dicker. I think my Dicker, right? Yeah, my Dicker is Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, James Connor, Fitzgerald. Obviously, Darrell. He was obviously Curtis Martin. I have his jersey on right Martin, now. Curtis Martin, my you cousin, go. my there favorite player of my entire life. There you um, go. Now, your boy Kenny Pickett. <laughs> all yep. over these mock drafts his number yep. number one quarterback on most of these mocks up taken most of them i see at least when you look around i know he's a four-year starter a lot of hype on your boy here but how do you see him projecting into the nfl do you think he's going to be uh like a joe burrow pick it up right away or do you think Ooh, he's going to take a little while to kind of get his uh, groove but he's someone you could invest in he's going to be a solid qb
2: i think he's going to be a solid qb a lot of it, think, is how good he's going to be depends on what situation he goes into um I think it'll be solid. I'm stunned with the way things have gone for him this season. Cause you know, in early in the season, they played Pete Pitt had a decent year. He played decently well. And yeah. um, you know, at the beginning of the year, he was like second round pick. And then he kind of was sneaking into the first round. And now he's the number one quarterback that's probably gonna be taken in this draft, which is Crazy. not a it's not a great draft for quarterbacks, though. So we, we can be honest about that. No disrespect to, to the guy, Kenny Pickett, it? but it's not. But I think he's solid. I think he's a guy. who gets him, he works. He's he's played in a pro style offense. He can make a, he can make a lot of throws. I think his situation matters where he goes to. But I think he could be a solid quarterback. Do I think he'll come in and tear it up like Joe Burrow? Nah, I, I, don't, I don't. Joe Burrow, he's not. Now, um, <laughs> Dexter, but I like him. Yes, go ahead, Mike. Dexter.
4: Yeah. I mean, I, and you know, you remember me. I'm six four. My hands are like, well, they're not really that big. Yeah. This guy's hands. Are eight and a half inches, bro? I, I think know. every single one of us, every yeah. one of us <laughs> on here, have bigger hands than him. I, I do not see this guy. I mean, come on, man,
1: eight and a half? Come on, man. <laughs> nah. I mean, yeah, Mike, listen, Mike is not a Kenny Pickett
2: fan. I mean, listen, this, this, they're concerned. Small
1: hand person fan.
2: Yeah, if he's, yeah, don't be anti the small hands. Not that I have small hands, but just saying. No, we don't gotta be anti the small hands, people. Yeah, you're about to get the,
1: the small glove uh, strong people hand. against you. I think the concern
2: will be with that, like in all seriousness, will be, okay, how's that going to deal with him gripping the ball, cold weather, especially if he plays like in the Northeast. Now, he did at Pittsburgh, but it's a little bit different in the conference. You're playing some games late in October, November, that it could be in you know warmer places in the ACC. Um, Pitt doesn't really play against a lot of other cold-weather schools that much in the conference. Um, so, yeah, it's it's something to be, be concerned about, but uh, I'm not anti the small hands. Look, if you can throw the ball, you can throw the ball, man. Like, hey. I think the man can throw the ball. I think he'll be okay. I'm just trying to make sure that the small hands... Uh, coalition doesn't come from mike that's all
1: <laughs> mike doesn't even think he can hold a whopper this guy apparently. <laughs> now dexter when it comes to these quarterbacks nowadays it does seem like if you don't prove yourself in the first two seasons you're pretty much written off. And with Josh Rosen, it was one season. Uh, where do, you, where do you fall on that, man? I don't know if there's a right or wrong way to go about developing a quarterback. I know every situation is different that a quarterback could get drafted to. But, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on these kids nowadays to perform well right away. Do you agree yeah. with that? Yeah.
2: No, I completely agree with that. And I think we probably, as fans, media uh in coaching staffs and and front offices i think we're all doing a little bit too much right like there isn't enough there's enough time in terms of development you know one thing i would like to see for jets fans and the jets organization is all right and i know you guys will all agree me on this can we have a little bit of consistency around the jets you know just just even if even if it's like hey we're believing in this head coach we are believing in this front office we have a four-year plan let's go in it the problem with the nfl is it seems like nobody has four years, but some of these organizations need to realize you need four years because none of you have done anything that good for that long. And as the guys here who are fans of the Jets, Wookiee, I take it that you're not. As guys who are fans of the Jets, you know there has not been any consistency or there's been anything really the organization right. has done well for a bunch of years since what 2009, 2010. I that's what I, And I was around the team, covering the team then. I was in the locker room with those guys. And then you saw how it all went to hell after that. So now I think with, with Douglas and Salah and the new quarterback. And you're saying, all right, stick with it. Like, let's give this, let's give this four years and like, or more if you need not too long and let's see, I mean, I don't think you can know what all these guys are after one year. Like, I don't know what, what, what every quarterback
4: is after one year. Me and Keith are lifelong jet fans. So, Sammy, I we know the Jets. And let me tell you something about the Jets. And this is what we've had to educate a lot of Jet fans that, don't, that are not following this team. Like you said, inconsistency with this franchise all the time. But this time, right now, is the first time that we have synergy from the top all the way through. We haven't had that in over a day since Parcells. Me and Keith talk about it all the time. We're like, guys, I know you're here next year, next year. It's actually built the correct way for the first time, let's see what happens. And being that said, my question to you is, honestly, do you believe in Zach? Do you believe in Sala? Okay, for, to, to one thing, let me just jump back to something you Mike, said. Mike, he works
1: for us in a while. You can't put him nah, on No, no. Nah, nah, I nah, got to nah. hear We're it. Gonna I are going to ruin the spot, spot, man. I got to put him on the spot. I'm and,
2: and, I, I, and, gonna I, and I'm, and I'm, I'm going to answer the question, I, honestly, too. One thing I wanted to say is that, you know, Mike, you talked about, being a, a media professional, but I, I like to say, and I want to give the, the utmost respect to everybody. What you guys do is great media. Every Anybody who's doing a podcast or taking time to talk or connect with fans, that is media and it's so important. You know, it's it's, it's the reason why I do my own podcast. I do a lot of stuff independently. It's why I love to support other people with independent media because I know how much work I goes, imagine. I know how much work goes into it. And you guys have just as, as an important voice and know, and as you said, lifelong Jets fans. Now, I grew up a Jet fan, so I know a lot of the pain, man. I know a lot of the pain, okay? I know a lot of it. And Mike, you made another good point. You're right. They have not had this synergy, and that's a great word you use there. You're right. Since 98. That's a long time ago. You remember what we were doing in 98, Mike? <laughs> 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 I know for the listeners, on, I know Mike way back from then. So I think you're right on that, Mike, in the, in the, in the fact that we, we talked about, I just talked about the last glory years, right? When, um, you know, the Jets made it to two back-to-back AFC Championship games and, you know, broke the hearts of uh, Jets fans. There was some synergy then, and then it all changed after 2010, right? Get yeah. all the stuff with Ed Zick and all, all this other stuff going. Now you have a GM and a coach connected at the hip that seemed to be lock and step from the comments. I just want to say from the comments of what we're hearing from him. They seem to have a plan and vision for what it is they want to do. So I do think that part of it is extremely positive for Jets fans, right? Like, like that is so positive. Now, the, the, the key is what I said before. Can you stay consistent? When things get a little bit rough, when things might not look good, maybe Zach Wilson starts off with six picks in two games, not wishing that. That happens. Are we going to jump out the window? Can't do that. Turn to the quarterback, this is what I'll say. I did not believe the Jets should have drafted him last year. It wasn't the guy I wanted. I thought they should have taken Fields. Fields didn't look that good last year, though, as Keith brought up. Fields, <laughs> Fields started looking a little better at the end of the year, but he didn't look that no. good. Zach Wilson also struggled at the beginning of the year and then started looking better. He, he impressed me more to the end of the year, where I was like, hmm, maybe they have something here. So I'm being honest. I wasn't initially high on him. I still think it's too early. I'm not out the I'm not out the window on him. I don't think Jets fans should be out the window on him. I think he showed some moxie. I think it mattered that he said, you know, he wasn't confident at times. I love the honesty. I like that. We don't get that a lot from athletes sometimes. Yeah. You know, you guys said that we don't get that. A lot of athletes are like, oh, well, it's tough. You know, we got to work harder. And he, he was telling you like, hey, I was a little bit rattled. I can work with that honesty. Because then you can say, okay, what rattled him? How do we work here? How do we put him in situations where he can learn better? How do we get pieces that we've been talking about to, today to support him? So I think Zach Wilson showed me some stuff and showed me the tools, but the fact that he said that and then has stood in there and is making the throws and was playing better with the offense, even with limited weapons at the end of the season, makes me say, okay, well, when this kid has some weapons, what can he do? He deserves a shot for us to see that. Um, and I think he's got some tools. He's he's got some toughness. He's shown me he can make throws. He showed me he can hang in. He showed me he can extend the play. When's the last time the Jets had a quarterback that could really extend the play? That's right. I mean, he can actually do that. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't as high, in being honest, before last year's draft on Zach Wilson. But watching them last year, I started saying, okay, maybe, maybe there's something here. And I think I'm hope, hopefully, from Jets Nation this season coming up. There's a good offseason that makes. Keith and, every, and Sam and Mike—it makes you guys smile. And Wookie's gonna stand to the side and be a hater, maybe, or maybe not. <laughs> but, but I think that if that happens in the Jets show progress next year, when you see this guy starting to cook a little bit more, I think you guys, as reasonable Jets fans, are going to feel better. It's just I think you can accept the development if you see it lock and step, and as Mike said, synergistic with a plan that fits the team.
1: Yeah, and it is—it is at least, you know, you hate to. I say this all the time, like, Zach Wilson played so bad at the beginning of last year that the fact that he just played average at the end of the year seemed like he was great. You know, because it was such a, such a step up from how bad he was playing. It's like you're driving a 25-year-old used car, and then you get a Kia. Kia's nice. You're not driving a Mercedes, though, but it's nice. So it is an improvement, right? But um, I think as the year went on, when the offensive line got their act together and he went out for those three games and came back, you saw him play better because the offensive line was playing much better. So you put him in a better position. I just want to say, Dexter, this has been great. And you absolutely oh. killed You killed it as expected, Dexter. I was expecting <laughs> you. you to be the best guest of all time, and you were. Um, we appreciate you joining us this week and helping us out. I know you just begun your climb here up the corporate ladder of SNY. <laughs> but once you do eventually take over... The whole entire station. Okay, keep the <laughs> mic in mind. We have no problem uh, groveling publicly for a position. So keep that in the back of your head. Um, in all, all right. seriousness, I want to say your Sideline Stories web series is awesome. I enjoy that a lot. Um, Thank you. Man. You also have a podcast out there, which is tremendous, which I'm going to let you tell people about. I want you to let everybody know all the other stuff you're doing and where everybody could find you.
2: Yeah, I probably do too much stuff. Um, I, I, other stuff, I do mention Sideline Stories. I also host, I'm co host of the Ain't Hard to Stop podcast. It's a sports and hip hop podcast I do with my man, Brian Sake. I have a lot of fun doing that. Drop episodes every Tuesday. Also, do I host an NBA show three times a week live called the NBA Exchange? Um, I'm a big NBA fan, so I do that. Um, and you can catch me on SNY uh, and NewYorkPost.com on the weekends. I actually, to let people know, be working this week some a little bit during the week, so you'll see me there too. So, cool. look, the draft's coming up. We're going to be doing a lot of Jets videos. We're talking to my man Brian Costello. Uh, we'll be talking a lot, a lot to him about about stuff that's going on with the Jets. So. Jets fans, stay tuned. We'll, we'll have a lot of good stuff. And then, you know, hopefully I get to come back on and talk with you guys uh, again about about the Jets. And, I was, but, I wa- but the thing is, I want to make sure the next time I'm here, whether it's the draft or whenever Mike hits me up to come on, I want to see all the Jets fans smiling because I know, <laughs> trust me, I know, man. Like, I know there's been so much pain. And, and Wookie, I'm not going to leave you out either, man. You, your Giants, they ain't been looking too good, so. No, you, you're you.
0: not kidding, Dexter. I've been in the same boat for years, <laughs> no. but, I mean, obviously, I, I don't want to try to trump what the Jet fans are feeling, but nah, that's, man, been, a feel good, that's been a good run for a while. Yeah, those Giant nah.
1: fans that used to chirp a lot in 2011 and 12 and 14, that got a little quiet around 15, 16. Now, you guys, you're right here in the muck with us.
3: Right in are the, right, so now, right and there I mean, with you. nothing Dexter, uh, you? Keith knows my whole life as a Jet fan has been Tom Brady. So I need something uh, like, literally like my whole life for 20 years. You know
2: amazing. what? You know what, Sam? I, I'll, I'll say, th- I'll <laughs> say this. because I know you guys got a rap, but Sam, I don't think people think enough about the jet fan of your age because <laughs> you know, all you've known is Tom Brady killing you. Like that's that's it. That's that's all you've known time and time again. So I see. I, I want better days for you, man. I want better days for you. I, appreciate I want it. better days. I appreciate yeah. it.
1: When I and when I meet fans that are Sammy's age, obviously I understand because I've gone through it too. And what I tell those young bucks is, listen. When I was young, Dan Marino was torturing me. Jim Kelly, uh, Peyton Manning was in the division for two years, and then Tom Brady. We can't catch a break. I mean, we just cannot catch a break, Jack fans. But
4: it's, look, it's been tough.
1: <laughs> it, it's been really tough. The Giants, Giants have been sticking it up too. So at least you can't ruin our face, John.
4: Dexter, ain't easy being green? All right. It, I, listen,
2: listen. I I know that, but but I'm trying. I'm trying. To, I'm all about speaking positivity now, man. So I'm hoping better days ahead because i, I want to see next time i see sam i want to see him smiling next time i see you mike i want to see you smiling nice. i want to see key smiling and wookie i hope he can feel a little bit better you know maybe feel a little bit better about his quarterback situation you know i'm hoping he can feel better too new york football needs to come back we it, does. Make- it does
4: it does it oh, does yeah. new york mm-hmm. sports and all new york sports need to come. Yes. the rangers the knicks i'm not going to talk about brooklyn um you know all the rest of the team. <laughs>
1: Nah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not in even a, Dexter. I'm not even except I mean, I mean, the savers and the bills.
4: bills.
1: <laughs> nah, don't even don't bring the bills up right now. I don't want to. Dexter seems like a good Christian man. I don't want to start speaking about the bills.
2: <laughs> <laughs> L- lose all nope. respect
1: I have. No, nope. no, nope. nope.
2: nope. no, no, comment.
1: <laughs> 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 all right, everybody, hey, all right. go check Dexter out in SNY and everywhere else he's putting content out. Appreciate your time, Dexter. Again, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you, man. Appreciate y'all. Be well. Okay. Okay. Eighteen.
4: The situation uh kind of got heavy on me.
1: Okay, everybody, that was Dexter Henry from SNY. We had a blast. A lot of good information there, Michael. A lot of different takes that he has than we had when it comes to free agency here and what he thinks we should do. I don't think he's as high on Alan Robinson as maybe some people are. Um, but I think a lot of what he said is very logical in so far as his approach. Do you agree with what he's saying, Mike? Where you don't really think if you had to, if you had to guess, okay. Do you agree with Dexter in this one part where you don't think the Jets are going to make a huge splash here in free agency? They might do it in a trade, but maybe not when it comes to free agency, shelling the big bucks out to any one player, Mike?
4: Uh, I tend to agree with him because i've been hearing the same thing and seeing the same thing on twitter and on uh most of the jet media sites that joe douglas is gonna just take this as uh, status quo essentially looking for the best deals we'll get some good players but isn't gonna go all in and spend you know the highest amount of money like the way mccagnon did with uh lady on bell and um before he even see jay mosley But I agree that that is probably the most prudent and best way to do things. But I do think that he is going to be active looking for opportunities in the trading market. And uh, I think he's going to take the best approach he can to make this team better.
1: Yeah, I agree with that too, man. Dexter did a great job. Go check him out, everybody, on SNY, on NewYorkPost.com, Sideline Stories, web series, like I said, is tremendous. He has a basketball podcast, has the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. We were chopping it up after the show with him about that. Go check all that stuff out. I want to do two things. One, I want to give a shout-out to my new seatmate in my season tickets in Section 301, none other than the number one high school football coach of the nation, Sammy O'Hare. Welcome to Section 301. Let's go, Sammy Sammy is stepping in uh, for a former friend of mine. No longer is going to be joining me at MetLife Stadium. We won't get into that. We'll get into the drama, okay, of all that situation. I'll just say Sammy's joining me now. And guys, just so you all know, also, one other tidbit about Sammy. This is the last podcast he will be doing as a single man. He's getting married this Sunday. Cheers to you. Congratulations, Sammy, ahead of time on your nuptials this Sunday. Does it already feel like your life has changed? Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah,
3: I mean it's changing for the better, right? All good things ahead.
1: Wow, that's see, these are that's I think a smart.
3: I, think, I don't either. know what I'm more excited about, the season tickets or the marriage. I uh, you know. that's I was for a second she, there I thought maybe you're... Me, she doesn't listen to this podcast. Yeah, that's okay. what I was gonna
1: say. That's what I was just going to say. You had a, a couple of really strong quotes, which made me think she was very close by. Then you immediately crushed that notion when you said the season tickets are drinking right up there with it. Now I know she's in another room, not paying any attention to you. And probably doesn't pay attention to this podcast either. But, in all seriousness, congratulations. You know I love you. Your beautiful, your beautiful uh, fiance, Allison, is tremendous. You guys will have a tremendous marriage. Your family's great. Her family's great. So, very happy. I'm going to be there Sunday, okay? I'll keep my cool. I'll make sure everyone's in check at the wedding, bro. Okay? I'll handle all that stuff for you. Um, I'm sure we'll have a blast. Tremendous job by Dexter here, man. He was a big help this week, helping us hash out some of this free agent stuff here. Now, Michael, if anyone doesn't want to get at us, support us, or be involved in the AEBG world in any way, shape, or form, how could I do that?
4: Guys, we're on... We are on YouTube. Please like, subscribe. We really, really appreciate it. Love all the comments. Um, we're on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio. We're on Twitter at AEBG underscore podcast and on Instagram at Jet. A-A-B-G.
1: You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jeffman in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, on behalf of the big stinking Woopie Nicholas Cronk, and on behalf of the number one high school football coach of the nation today, Sammy O'Hare. My name's Keith Farrell. We'll get back to you next week, everybody. Peace out.